Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. If you're looking for jewelry that makes an impact on your self-care routine and your style, Empowerography would love to offer you a discount code to one of our exclusive partners, Quartz and Canary Jewelry and Wellness Company. Please use code EMPOWER15 to receive 15% off upon checkout at www.quartzandcanary.com. Quartz and Canary is truly the place where spirituality meets style. Hello there, Brad Walsh here your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Monica Hickey. She is the founder of Sacred Wild Alchemy and a women's empowerment and embodiment coach. How are you doing today, Monica? I'm doing great, Brad. Thanks for asking. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to be here and share a bit about your story and your journey with us here on the Empowerography podcast. I appreciate you taking the time and I appreciate you. Yes, I appreciate you as well. I'm super excited. Thank you so much, Brad. All right, well, let's jump right in. So, Monica, you're a teacher, a womb healing and awakening practitioner, a women's embodiment leader, an energy healer, a plant-based nutritionist, and last but certainly not least, the founder of Sacred Wild Alchemy. That's quite the extensive resume you have there. For those of us who don't know, what is a womb healing and awakening practitioner? Yeah, so a womb healing or womb awakening is basically, it's remembering that we are cyclical and it's a way of healing and learning how to use the space and energetics of the sacral space. So we say womb healing, but really you don't have to have a physical womb for this practice. You know, it's it's the energetics and the imprint that counts. So really what this is looking into is the imprints of the womb and how we can use it to remember our cycles, to remember our femininity, balancing it with our masculinity and remembering that, you know, pleasure isn't bad. You know, like we've been taught that pain is virtuous and pleasure is bad, but we need the pleasure aspects of our life in order to sort of see our potential, you know, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Monica, what is a women's embodiment leader and what do you do as a women's embodiment leader? Yeah, so as an embodiment leader, I guide women to reestablish or establish a connection with the wisdom of their body to drop out of their head, to start connecting with their body and remembering or like I like to say, remember, you know, remembering (laughs) themselves as a whole. Mm -hmm. Not to be afraid to be expressive and to invite awareness into the feminine aspects of their body while embracing the shadow aspects of themselves. So, you know, we have a lot of repressed and suppressed emotions that we feel into, you know, like shame or, you know, we're afraid of judgment. And it's about using these aspects to actually make ourselves feel more whole as opposed to fragmented. So it brings on true transformation. It's, it's just, it's like an activation for empowerment and self-love okay well, that that first part that you mentioned there getting out of our own heads that's that's probably one of the hardest parts of it all right there is getting out of our own heads and getting out of our own way that's not an easy thing to do no and this goes for men and women as well yeah. i i just feel that 
you know, in a way, women have really suffered from this aspect because we're just throughout history, we've always been sort of told what we can and cannot do. So yeah. we're always thinking about, you know, who can we please? Who are we going to be upset? And, and, you know, just everything all in between. Yeah, it all plays into it. Yeah. So as mentioned, you're the founder of Sacred Wild Alchemy. Can you tell us what your business is all about? Sure. So essentially, I like to say I'm in the business of illuminating a woman's path towards their sovereignty again. So towards the untamed, you know, towards the wild so that they can be honorably unapologetic for the person they feel brewing inside. So I just come in and I turn the heat up on the burner for their like rewilding, awakening the goddess within, you know, leveling up their creatrix game and, and helping them find that light again and Mm -hmm. shining that light and and having them understand yeah you you absolutely can have it all you can have what you desire and it doesn't have to be you know a a grind or a hustle it's tapping into your your beauty yeah women have been told for so long you can't have it all you can have one of the like you can have the career or you can have motherhood or you can have this or this or this why does it have to be a fucking choice you should be able to have all of it 100 percent And at the same time, too, there is a shadow side to that, too, because women who want to embrace all of that have trouble balancing it all out and juggling it. And then they get burnout and then they fall into the hustle and grind boss, you know, wake up and grind mindset. And I don't think life should be a necessary constant grind. It should be a flow, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you find I find that hustle is such a a buzzword and and you're only cool if you're hustling and you're you know like I don't agree with that bullshit yes you got to work hard and you got to put in the work for sure but you don't always have to be hustling like I remember seeing a meme and the first word was hustle and it was crossed out and underneath it it said a line yes oh I love that absolutely absolutely for sure oh my gosh but we've been been programmed to you got to be hustling you got to be hustling if you're not busy then, then what are you doing kind of thing, right? You always yeah. got to be hustling and always got to be busy. Always producing, be yeah. productive, you know, yeah. it's, and honestly, it's, it's really what we're taught in the system, you know, from day one, when we go to school or even when we're young as kids, it's like, you know, I mean, there's, there's a sense about, you know, having responsibility, but there's sure. also the, you know, the, the praise aspect of doing well and being always, you know, top of the game. And uh-huh. it's like, you know what, man, like, I'm too tired for this. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I you, just... you do, you do have to put in the work. You got to work hard uh-huh. for sure. it's not just going to fall on your lap and it's not just going to happen because you're sitting there, but you don't always have to be grinding and hustling and all of this bullshit. Absolutely. So how'd you come up with the name for the business? So sacred wild alchemy, it actually, it's just, I thought about how a word that I could describe simply to honor the sacredness of our divine soul Uh while remembering to dive into the wild of our untamed heart and sensuality and basically alchemizing these two elements to create a wholeness within self. Now, I read that you incorporate different elements of Tantra. Ki, is it, how do you say it? Qigong, Qigong. Qigong. <laughs> yeah. Breath work, spiritual initiations, and holistic remedies into your teachings. Can you speak mm-hmm. a, a bit about each of these elements and why you chose to incorporate 
these specific ones into your work and your teachings? Yeah, so they all just kind of presented themselves sort of timely as as things went on. So for holistic remedies, I like you mentioned, I do have a background in plant-based nutrition. So that just gave me the the extra little bit of knowledge that I could use for, you know, just knowing how to bring our bodies into cycle with our foods. As for Tantra, I began veering into this path and noticed that first of all, Tantra is super misunderstood in the West and And it does work on energy, like kundalini energy, pranic energy. But I remember reading a long time ago, the four arenas in life that have to be fulfilled in Vedic traditions, they say, there's four arenas. The first one is Dharma, which is, you know, our our purpose. There's Artha, which is abundance and wealth. There's spiritual liberation, which is called moksha. And then there's the sensual and sexual pleasure, which is kama, like, you know, the Kama Sutra. But we know very well the three aspects. You know, we want spiritual liberation. We want to find our purpose. We want abundance and wealth. But when it comes to sensuality, we so many of us veer away from that. And then we wonder why we feel lost or something's missing. It's because we're afraid to, to be sensual with ourselves. And so I decided to just implement that. And when I did, it was like, it was like a huge game changer for me, you know, different things started to come up for me. And and I remember thinking like, this needs to be taught. This needs, people need to be shown this and reminded. That was really Tantra sort of in in the Cole's notes of that. The Qigong aspect, my husband actually owns, uh, he's a Kung Fu teacher. Okay. call him a Sifu. And uh, he was exposing me to a lot of ancient Chinese modalities. So Qigong was one of them. And it just fell into place. It's again, energy working and how to uh, remove blocks of the channels and stuff like that. So and breath work is, is just it's just all part of the game, really, no matter what practice you are doing, whether it's yoga, energy work, healing, breath work is always an integral element. Right, for sure. Can you talk a bit about how you incorporate these elements when you're working with your clients? Yeah, so I try to work with, when I work with with my clients, I don't want them to feel like they're being schooled or I don't want them to feel broken or being fixed in any way. So my goal is to sort of modernize these teachings and practices and present them to women so they can digest them and intuitively use the tools as opposed to me saying, here's how you have to use them. Because, you know, really our our spiritual journey is different, like every single person. So it's not a a Band-Aid fix. Yeah. So, you know, if someone comes to me and let's say they're having trouble seeing past the pain or anger that they feel towards their mother or their father or whatever, boss Uh friend, like one of the first things I get them to do is to close their eyes and breathe into the body right? Get out of the head, get into the body. Uh And then I get them to use their voice and describe out loud, you know, what they're feeling towards that person. And, and, you know, it's tough sometimes to face these, you know, these, these pains about who we feel victimized by, but I try and get them to sort of step away from that victim and so that they can reclaim that power, right. And just be expressive on, Hey, like, this is how I feel. I'm going to own it. I'm going to work through it. I'm going to either transmuted or what what have you and uh-huh. and you can almost see the change just right from that first session is like people feel relieved you know like they have emotional outbreaks they they have you know they have this experience and then at the end of it they're like wow like how amazing is it just to be able to tell someone out loud how i feel even if it's not that person 
So, I mean, and that's just sort of just a quick, tiny snapshot. It's just basically, you know, trying to get them to see that that version of themselves that is powerful enough to express their feelings and their emotions and to feel into their body so that they can begin the healing process. Right. Okay. Yeah. Now you've said that you seek to alchemize the world of spiritual and the untamed to pilot women back to their original path of authentic feminine wild why have you decided to take on this mission and make it yours oh you know i noticed there was a certain way of being in the spiritual community so and this was one of the first aspects when i was starting to teach yoga years ago my my main focus was you know just teaching vinyasa yoga doing the classes the the asanas the postures and what have you and and there was something like i just remember thinking there was something missing and So when I started looking at, you know, like Tantra, for example, or womb teachings and incorporating that into my practices, I noticed right away there was a resistance. It almost felt wrong to feel pleasure in my practice as opposed to this discipline, serious, you know, it was like it felt like I was doing something that wasn't part of the the process. But the funny thing is, is it wasn't until I started to, to actually embrace that side of myself that I had this, what someone would call like a, an awakening. And it felt like, I'm going to say it, it literally felt like a full body orgasm. You know, I was shaking <laughs> like my, yeah, like I was like my, I was like, shaking my whole body it was like my eyes were rolling in the back of my head I remember thinking what the hell is happening to me (laughs) (laughs) do I need to call 911 what is this what's going on I'm like Jesus and then I saw like this beautiful vision of myself sort of like exploding out of lava and I was like it was it was a trip dude like it was Uh, sure you would think I was on something but I wasn't (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I guess from there, I'm like, damn, like, there's a lot of us out there who don't even know what this is. Like, they're afraid, they're afraid to, you know, a lot of people, you know, if I say, oh, I teach yoga, they're like, oh, you know, they kind of laugh and chuckle, because they don't take it serious. And I'm sitting here thinking, like, it's so much more than that. Yeah, (laughs) I had the best orgasm on the planet. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, yeah, I guess that's what it's about. Like, you know, finding that path again to that authentic feminine wild through feeling into our space, into our body, into our heart and and not feeling like we always have to be the good girl. And yeah, that's well, see that that all comes from early on programming when we're kids and when we're young. And like you said, pleasures is viewed as bad and you're not supposed to experience it and so on. And especially coming from when you come from a religious background, it's a thousand yeah. times worse, right? And it's funny that you mentioned that because that's exactly where I came from was, <laughs> yeah, like I was grown up in a strict Catholic upbringing and I went to Catholic school and, you know, just being the new girl, we had relocated, excuse me, and I had to go to a new school in the middle of high school and uh-huh. I was automatically labeled a slut just for being wow. the new girl. And, you know, my, my parents God bless them, but they didn't really know what that, they didn't really care. Like, they're like, well, what were you doing? Like, they were making me feel like I was doing something wrong. Right. So yeah, it kind of sucked, but it did, it definitely helped me 
a lot in the long run learn a lot about about what needs to be healed there yeah yeah for sure so speaking of healing you have been an, how long have you been an energy healer and how did you just how did you discover you had the gift of being able to heal with energy yeah so i was a late bloomer to the game i would say when i was young i always had you know this interest in you know, in spirituality and, and the paranormal and, you know, even things like witches and how they, you know, how they use the elements and for all these like spell work. And, you know, you look at the movies and of course it's sensationalized, but, you know, then you look into history and you're like, oh, there actually were witches that were practicing this craft, like before the Catholics took over, you know, these pagan traditions weren't vilified, you know, they were very much about respecting and honoring Mother Nature and Mother Gaia. And it's funny, actually, because a lot of the Catholic traditions you see now were actually taken and stolen from pagan traditions. <laughs> so yeah, so I find it funny when they do things like Body of Christ, because they pagans used to do that similar sort of ritual. Right. Anyways, so it was in grade eight, I ended up doing a essay on witches, and I called it the wise ones. And my grade eight teacher hated it so bad. She didn't even grade it. She just failed me told me she was going to tell my parents that I'm getting into the cult and all this (laughs) crazy stuff. Yeah. And my parents were really strict. So I was scared out of my mind. So I said, Okay, yeah, no, yeah, let's not go there. I'll just rewrite something. And I can't remember what it was. But it was something. It was something ridiculous. Like, I can't even remember what it was, yeah. but yeah. So, and then I was shamed. I was shamed by someone that I admired. I really loved this teacher. I remember her very well. And from there I said, no more. Like uh-huh. if I'm going to get persecuted, like these witches did forget it. Like yeah. I'm, I'm done for anyways, fast forward till I was about in my twenties. And I realized, you know, I just kept getting called back to just the spiritual work and the energy work and the rest is history. Uh-huh. Yeah. I just said, I don't need to answer to anybody. Yeah, exactly. I'm assuming you work predominantly or only with women, right? Yeah. So I I made the choice because one, I'm a woman, so I I feel like I can relate to them. Right. (laughs) And I mean, anyone who identifies as a woman as well, because I just feel like we're untapped powerhouses, you know? Yeah. Right now, you know, I, I do have like an online community and school that is only open to women. And okay. I, I did that because for them to have a safe container to communicate. And if they want to work through my teachings, you know, it's, it's a nice sort of sacred space there. But, you know, women have had it, they've had kind of a rough go over over the centuries we yeah, carry a lot of sure. an- ancestral wounds we carry a witch wound we carry sister wounds and you know just all stemming from the dismantling of the goddess which was you know seven thousand years ago so i guess i i just related to this so much you know and the nice girl syndrome still plagues me from speaking my truth at times and i see it in other women so you know i i just figured if i can help them heal they help me heal and it ripples it's a ripple effect yeah it's cyclical for sure yeah now you say your main goal is to change the way women experience the world and to leave them feeling brave and inspired to be playful and empowered in truth why have you decided to make this your main goal and why is this so personally important to you well first of all who doesn't want to be playful i mean yeah very true (laughs) like being playful brings a smile to anybody's face I think because I didn't really have that luxury being raised in a restricted home and in institutionalized religion. 
P.S. Like I don't have anything against religion. Uh-huh. Just my personal experience with institutionalized religion is obviously different than someone yeah, else's. For sure. As is um, everybody's. Yeah. And I just felt, you know, if I ever spoke up or spoke out, I was immediately reprimanded. So I was held under the thumb of my parents' traditions and expectations for so long. I saw uh-huh. my older sister experiencing that as well, far worse than I did. And I wanted to shed some of the layers because I started to notice that when I did start taking this power back, I I found someone that I didn't recognize, but was still familiar. Uh And when I became to succumb to her, and and this happens too, like when, when we start to realize this part of ourselves, we start to see magical things happen. It's like, you know, you don't need to do a spell or a ritual or anything like that. Like we create our own magic when we begin to surrender to ourselves as a whole and as a, as, as a beautiful divine being. So you just need to say, yes, we need to say, yes, women need to unzip their cloak of shame, you know, their need for perfection. They have to feel like they're safe to step into the world and just explore the depths of their transformation. Sure. I mean, there is no such thing as perfection. That's, that's just an illusion. Yeah, yeah, we're always achieving for more too, which I mean, it's great for ambition, but it does cause burnout for sure. (laughs) Yeah, I was gonna say you got to have goals and set goals. And sure, you 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 strive to achieve them and attain them. But again, that goes back to the whole hustle thing. And Mm -hmm. you, you don't always have to be hustling. Yeah, yeah. Now, you've gone through your own personal struggles and experiences, which you've touched on being brought up Catholic and whatnot. I'm sure that's part of it. And Mm -hmm. you've said that you came out of the rubble like the Phoenix. Can you talk to us a bit more about those personal struggles and experiences? Do I have to? (laughs) No, just kidding. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, you don't have to. No, of course not. No, no, it's my pleasure. So as a teenager, you know, one of the biggest things traumatically I remember was being attacked at work and having this guy I work with, we were alone Uh and he attacked me in the back of the room, in the back of the, I worked at a fast food chain and there was in the back part. He pinned me up against the wall and he had pressed himself against me. And I remember thinking at that moment, what did I do to deserve this? Yeah. What? Like, and when I think about that now, I'm like, I can't even believe that. And so then he, he tried to put pills in my mouth. I have no idea what they were. Yeah. I have. And I don't want to know. And I, it was scary. He locked me in in the freezer for like half an hour. Yeah. It was a whole thing. And so that was one struggle. And I still remember blaming myself for a long time for that. I went through a painful divorce that also almost cost me my entire family. It pained my son. Yeah, like, and that was a huge part of of my change and transformation as well. I, I really saw myself in a way that in a way that I enjoyed, like I was proud. But at the same time, I also saw parts of myself that I was not so proud of and and needed to be worked on I lost my little brother Um, he was 27 watching him struggle through the pain of what he was going through holding his hand to his last heartbeat it was like a roller coaster you know I I had the moments of you know feeling like a victim you know being attacked yeah I had the moment of okay I I, shame having Uh the, the you know this divorce and my family being ashamed of me and then watching someone close to me die i'm sorry no it's okay take your time it was 
just to see the helplessness mm-hmm. and not being able to save him and feeling like, what are we here for? You know, yeah. like, what am I doing with my life? Here he is. He's so young. I still feel like a part of me I wanted to, I, I felt like I could save him. You know, I, uh-huh. I, I know, I know he wasn't robbed of his life, although yeah. I went through that mentality for a long time, but in the end, like it taught me so much about what it is in his death. He taught me more than anyone in my entire life has taught me. He's uh-huh. t- he taught me how to live in the now, how to, if I want to be of service, be in the way that I want to be and not worry about what other people think of me, yeah. you know, help the way I want to help. And, you know, like we can't save everybody, but we yeah. can sure as heck try and save as many people as we can. And when I say save, I just mean, you know, help people yeah. feel like they're worth it Uh because my brother unfortunately you know he did have bouts of depression and he didn't feel like he was worth it and it breaks my heart to this day so yeah I mean you really learn a lot Uh through death and death can come in many forms and this was literal death yeah and it was it was yeah it was transforming for me well, thank you, first of all, so much for sharing that very private and vulnerable moment. I appreciate you doing that. And I'm sorry for what you had to go through. I think it's it's sad. And to lose a, a loved one is is incredibly hard. Yeah. And you, you can't even, you can't put it into words how it feels. And of course, it's different for everybody. Everyone experiences it differently. But thank you so much for sharing that and being so vulnerable. I appreciate that. Thank you, Brad. So was there a light bulb moment or a breaking point for you around these struggles? And if so, what was the breaking point or light bulb moment for you? Yeah. So like I mentioned, you know, seeing my brother suffering Mm -hmm. and never embracing his full worth, feeling like he, he felt like he he fell into a trap, which is like, like many of us do. He, he compromised his boundaries to please everyone else except himself he found it difficult to look within and express his emotions freely and I know that that's that has a lot to do with also you know the way we were raised and stuff but again like God love my parents I know they did the best they could but his death taught me not to spend my life fearing death because one it's inevitable yes and we all leave the same way we came so we have to remember to fully fully live this dance of life with every beat of our heart. And that's when I said, like, that's it. I'm ready to take the leap. I just need to embrace myself. I need to go and follow the purpose. It's scary. I don't know what it's going to look like. It's completely different than the life I've lived. But this is it. Like, I'm doing it. You know, it's kind of sad to think that so many people never do embrace their life and embrace their life and just throw caution to the wind and say, fuck it, I'm going to do this. We only live once. There's only one go around at this. You only get one shot mm-hmm. at it. So why not do whatever it is to make yourself happy through, as you said, this dance of life and enjoy it. It's, yeah. it, it's, it really saddens my heart that so many people never do take the chance well, and, and try and do what sets their soul on fire or try and figure out what sets their soul on fire. Or there are the people who wait so long that it's just like, I don't know. It's it's just really sad. 
They're just, it, you know what? I, I really feel like it just boils down to fear. Uh-huh. Everything boils down to fear, what stops us. And uh-huh. fear of judgment is huge, yes. you know? We don't want to be criticized and, and made like made to feel like what we're doing is silly or dumb or you know not scientifically proven or whatever it's like but who cares man just do what you got to do yeah you know yeah but i also find too that that death actually lights a fire under people because you know like they realize oh wait a minute maybe i should have got together with this person or maybe i should have reached out to so-and-so or maybe i should have mended fences with with my brother or my sister or my mom or my dad, whatever the case may be, but it takes a death to, to bring people together or, or even weddings. Like you don't see family forever. And then there's a wedding and everyone gets together and you all talk about, yeah, let's get together. And after that, it just all falls by the wayside and until something else happens where there's a funeral or whatever. And it's just very sad that these types of things have to, insight or light a fire under people to get people moving and motivated yeah our mortality becomes a reality yeah we're not immortal yeah yeah for sure so monica how do you think these experiences have helped shape the monica you are today yeah so that (laughs) the me today is a complete 180 from even just 15 years ago from the career path that I was in to today, I I definitely feel more empowered and brave. I understand that, you know, not everyone will like me and and that's okay. When I was, I I was a realtor actually for many years, it was very toxic for me. It put me into a superficial experience. It took me away from, you know, my son, a lot of the times, just not even with the schedule, but just always feel like I have to keep up with the Joneses because in that world, you know, it's, it's, very much about the glitz and the glam and I just couldn't keep up with it you know you know people were placing value on what designer bag I I had and what car (laughs) I was driving you know and although like I can still appreciate that to this day I there is nothing wrong with that yeah you know but I definitely went through a period where I associated my value and my worth with these materialistic things and how successful I was as a human So now what I know or feel to be true comes from my heart and what excites me from that place and what excites me from that womb space, you know, as Uh if that's where I follow, not everyone's going to understand that not everyone is necessarily that maybe that's not their cup of tea and that's That's okay. Well, just like real estate and, and placing value like that on yourself is not your cup of tea. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I knew there was something not quite right when I had all the wonderful things and Mm. I still wasn't happy. And my son was growing up and I was missing, you know, a few things in his early life that I I always felt crappy about. And I, I just said, forget it. One of the hardest things was actually to like actually quit altogether. Like I didn't even renew my, my real estate license or anything. And I remember, you know, saying, that's it, I'm done you know, cutting ties with the brokerage I was with. And it was bittersweet. Like, I'm like, wow, I'm no longer Monica, the realtor. There goes that identity I've held on for so long. But at the same time, it was such a weight lift. Holy moly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it just, it just goes to show you that money isn't the be all and end all. I mean, you can have all the money and riches and things and materialistic things and success (laughs) and all of that, whatever people deem as success and still be fucking miserable. 
Um, so why not pursue something again that sets your soul on fire, that makes you happy? If you're doing what makes you happy and what you love, the money will come eventually. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. If you're in alignment with what it is your heart desires, and you you do still have to, like you said, you still we still have to put in the work. Of course. But if we keep our focus, like energy flows where attention goes. So yeah. if you're not paying attention to that, money is an exchange, it's an energy. So yeah. that we just have to start treating it like that instead that's of right. an actual thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. For sure. So speaking of success and whatnot, what do you think your skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful as Monica, the new Monica? Ooh, I definitely think my resourcefulness and having the ability to adapt to situations uh, and to people. So I like to make sure that people feel comfortable around me. I'm a good listener. I am often the one asking questions. So this is a different experience for me, having Mm -hmm. someone ask me the questions, (laughs) but I'm welcoming it and I'm adapting to it. So yeah, I think definitely adaptability and resourcefulness. Again, speaking of success, how do you define that word now as the new Monica? What does that, what does the word success mean to you? Uh, Success exists where the love is. Love is the only currency that can pay us with unconditional joy, bliss, and liberation. Success is basically clocking into that meter of our soul and having an unwavering reaction to do what is aligned with our highest good. I love it. Yeah. Are there any specific tools or books that really have helped you on your journey? Yeah. So I remember reading Daring greatly by Brene Brown. That was one of the first books I read into, into all of this and the power of Shakti by Padma Aon. I think it's Padma Aon Prakasha. And also like as for tools, I would say making sure I connect with mother nature a few times a week. That's an absolute must putting my feet in the ground, soaking in the sun, dancing in the rain. Like when was the last time we did that? Like that's an absolute must as an adult, Mm -hmm. you know, Hugging a tree, man. I know that sounds completely (laughs) hippie, (laughs) but if you can find somewhere where you're just going to go and hug a tree, you can, and tune in, you can feel, you can feel the hum of that tree. It's just so overwhelmingly beautiful. And then, yeah, I'm not ashamed to, to say it, but I do take part in, you know, microdosing at times, mushroom ceremonies. I've, I've explored with ayahuasca. Yeah whatever calls to me, dude, I go. (laughs) (laughs) What would you say is one of the best pieces of advice you've ever received? Oh yeah. Not everyone will like you and your past does not define your future. Love it. What makes you feel inspired or like your best self? Obviously my son. And I'm not Mm -hmm. just saying that, like he does inspire me. He's so talented and free spirited and, and everything about him. You know, I just, I hope he never loses that light. He inspires me to lead by example. Uh-huh. And other women inspire me, you know, especially when I see their evolution and their transformation, it, it makes me feel like, you know, it, it inspires me to be the same to always be open and surrender. And I absolutely feel my best self when I'm spontaneous, hands down. Yeah, spontaneity is the spice of life. It is. Sure. <laughs> 100%. What is one of your favorite quotes? Maya Angelou once said that your crown has been bought and paid for. Now put it on and wear it. 
I'll never forget that. <laughs> yeah, I'll never forget that. Love it. What would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before learning it? What was your life like after learning it? So definitely, I would say that no is a complete sentence. End of story. I don't know how many times I have felt the need to explain myself after someone asks me to do something or be somewhere. It does not feel good to me to do it, or maybe I'm just exhausted and I have to say no because X, Y, and Z. And even in my, in my practices or uh, when I'm working with clients, you know, if we talk about something, they're like, well, no, but I'm like, no, the answer is no. You don't have to explain to me. Let's end a story, right? Yeah, it's, it's funny how we always find that need or feel that need to explain ourselves, right? To other yeah. people, why we don't want to do this or why this happened or whatever the case may be. It, it's, you know, that, that blows It's a justification of yeah. why we're saying no. It's like, well, no, because, and, you know, it's, it used to be where <laughs> when I started just saying, you know, no, you know, people would be like, oh. <laughs> and they're you know, waiting like, for an explanation yeah. right? and it's like you know I'm, I'm being as sincere and thoughtful and caring as I can I without you know compromising my boundaries and yeah. insulting them yeah. I still love that person it's yes. just like well no and then and they just end up understanding you know they just that's it they just expect it from you oh, the, the, sentence, says no. the sentence ends there just no yeah <laughs> there's nothing yeah. else to say no. <laughs> I love you but no <laughs> I will do that I'm like I love you but no <laughs> yeah that's awesome what does the word empowerment mean to you empowerment means to me to have an unwavering knowing of your truth taking the actions required into living that truth, like that's so important Uh and taking the actions with conviction and love without fear of being bound by the judgments of life. That's empowerment. Wow. That's a lot. I love it. How would you like to be remembered? Oh man. So I have this, one of my favorite, favorite mantras is Loka Samasta Suki Nu Bhavantu. Basically, it means may all beings everywhere be happy and free. May my thoughts, words, and actions of my own life contribute in some way to the happiness and freedom for all. That's how I want to be remembered. Love it. Okay, we're going to jump into a little rapid fire section. So the next grouping of questions just be one, two, three word answer type thing. Okay. Yeah, sweet. How would you describe yourself in one word? Open. Money or fame? Money through fame. (laughs) (laughs) A sneaky way there. (laughs) Early bird or night owl? Early bird, for sure. If you came with a warning label, what would yours say? Oh, don't lie to me, please. If you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? Courage. What's one thing you want but cannot buy with money? (sighs) To be patient with myself. If you could change one thing about the world, what would you change? consumption and waste better sustainability practices (laughs) how we treat our planet is a reflection of how we treat ourselves yes for sure for sure what's the first thing you notice about a person Hmm. you know what their posture (laughs) yeah all right i've never had anyone answer that question with that one (laughs) (laughs) it's their posture okay what's the first thing you think when i say the word future there's only the now dude the last book or podcast I listened to or read was? Witch. It's a book called Witch by Lisa Lister. Okay. And that concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. 
Oh, okay. That was fun. (laughs) (laughs) Who in your life has had the biggest impact on you and why? Yeah, my son. He rocked my world, man. He's, you know, when you have a kid, you really learn quick that life doesn't revolve around you. (laughs) He rocked my world. You have no choice when you have a kid. Yeah, it was the best truth bomb ever. It's not always about me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, your whole life changes. You 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 live for your kids. Yeah, yeah. Well, the world does change too. Like you just, it just you you have to shift and pivot quickly. For sure. I mean, if we've learned one thing through this whole pandemic, it's that you have to learn to shift and pivot very quickly. Absolutely. If you had one do-over in life, what would it be? Okay. I wish I had something, you know, beautiful and enlightening to say, but every time someone asks me this question, I have to be honest. I was in Vegas once and I remember sitting and we were having something to eat out in the courtyard and there was this huge slot machine, just a single slot machine. And I remember thinking I should go put a dollar in that slot machine right now. Uh-huh. And my husband at the time was like, no, no, just eat your dinner and then we'll, we'll pop it in. I'm like, oh, all right. And I, I just remember like, God, I really should put it in. Sure enough, watching, I'm literally watching this man walk <laughs> to the it. slot machine. Yeah, you know, <laughs> he puts the dollar in. Doesn't he win the $150,000 jackpot? Oh, man. <laughs> I know. I know. So I guess if I had one do-over, it would be that. And then I guess being home more for my son when he was younger, instead of being obsessed over my real estate career. Yeah. Okay. If you could sit down and have a one-hour conversation with anyone in the world, alive or dead, who would it be and why? Oh, I don't even need to think about this one. Joan of Arc. She was ahead of her time. Here's this young peasant girl in the village of France, daughter to a farmer. She couldn't read. She couldn't write. She starts to follow her divine guidance. She does whatever it takes. She, you know, leads the France army to victory only to be burned at the stake at 19. And, you know, I would just love to hear her story, how that went, you know, and my actually, and my grandfathers, I've never known. I've never met my grandfathers. Wow. Yeah. That would be an interesting one for sure. Yeah. What is one of your biggest failures or life lessons or teachable moments? We'll call it. And what did you learn from it? You know, I wish that I knew about, you know, this body connection and womb science sooner than later. I, I wish, I guess, if I, a biggest failure is is denying that part of myself, you know, allowing that, I guess, the influences in my life to snuff that out instead uh-huh. of embracing that divine being that I am, that divine being of sensuality. You know, yeah, I, I learned that we came into this world through some form of divine union. So we need to embrace that miracle of who we are. Okay. If you could set up a billboard anywhere, where would you put it? And what would it say? Let's dance. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, actually it would be, yeah. The truth does not require fancy credentials. That would be my, my billboard. And where would you put it? Where would I put it? Uh I would put it right in the middle of Washington State. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I have no idea where I would put it. it. Up in the sky somewhere on a blimp. There you go. So more yeah. people could access it and read it. Yeah. What is your personal motto? Go with the flow. <laughs> if you could step into my shoes, what would you have asked yourself that I didn't ask you? 
Jesus. Maybe what my biggest fear is. What's my biggest fear? What's your biggest fear? Oh, all right. (laughs) (laughs) My biggest fear is fear itself. It can be debilitating. It can. Uh, It can be crippling for sure. Yeah. eh, Yeah. I think fear itself does scare me. Succumbing to that fear, not... I guess being a disappointment, that's still a shadow aspect of myself for sure. And bears, I'm afraid of bears. (laughs) Yeah. If you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? Mm, This would probably be a mishmash. I think I would say you're cooler than you think. (laughs) You're meant to help others, but don't sacrifice your own healing. Whatever or whoever comes to you will only stay if and when you're ready to let it go. Also, being weird is fine. Weird is cool. It means you're following your destiny. You're not following the crowd. Stay close to your brother. Listen to your son. Don't forget no is a complete sentence and live with kindness and integrity. Be wild and whimsical. Yeah. Beautiful. Lastly, if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world, What would that last 30 seconds sound like? You are a breathing miracle in a bag of flesh. (laughs) The odds that you defeated to make it here proves that you have a place and purpose. You are not a coincidence or an accident. No matter what you may think, you are divine essence condensed into matter. Wherever you go, whatever you do, remember the miracle you are. See yourself through the eyes of love and your reality will shape to your identity. Have some fun. Don't sweat the small stuff. It's okay to make mistakes. Be kind to Mother Earth and remember to always be the first person to put that damn dollar in that slot machine. (laughs) (laughs) Very well said. Very poetic. I love it. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here today and share and take me on your life journey with you and and share that with us here today. I appreciate you taking the time. This has been an incredibly enjoyable conversation. I've thoroughly enjoyed all of it and learned a lot along the way. So thank you so much. I appreciate you and I appreciate you taking the time to be here. Thank you so much, Brad. I really appreciate it so, so much. Thank you for having this platform and giving women a voice and the work that you do is inspiring. Thank you. Well, it is my pleasure and my honor. So thank you. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Monica Hickey. She is the founder of Sacred Wild Alchemy and a women's empowerment and embodiment coach. Thanks so much, Monica. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. You too, Brad. Have a good one. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca, follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast, and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.